Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. Um, a quick, huge thank you to all of you. Uh, the listeners, the number of folks listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio continues to increase. I just checked on the numbers this morning. It's pretty amazing. And I can see where the listen increases and the downloads are coming from. They're coming from you guys sharing the podcast. So I really sincerely appreciate that. You're helping us accomplish the goal that we set for ourselves when we started doing this podcast years ago. So please continue to do so. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, please do give us a five-star rating. That really does matter because what happens is when you give us a five-star rating, um, iTunes then helps us promote the show to other agents. So again, this is something I really hope you take seriously. It's your way of saying thanks to us. Just give us a great review on iTunes or Stitcher or over on Google Play, and please do give us a five-star rating because that basically just tells um, Google and iTunes and all the rest of it that the podcast is something that people like, and please go ahead and share the podcast with other people. So that's something that helps us get the word out. And also, another quick reminder, a lot of you guys are um, – thinking about the holidays, and as such, you're going to be thinking about what should you be buying your favorite, favorite real estate mm-hmm. professional. So I've got two solutions for you. One is Harris Rules. The book, if you've not yet discovered it, it's got uh, well over 300 five-star reviews over on Amazon. It's also available in Barnes & Noble. Um, I think Barnes & Noble had to do a reorder because it sold out. So please do consider getting Harris Rules. The red book was the first version. The green book or the teal book is the one you definitely want to be getting your hands on. Quick and easy button to accomplish that goal is just to go over to um, Amazon and just order some. If you are running a brokerage, if you're running a team, if you have agents in your, you know, and in your life you want to share the book with, it is what we feel to be the best A to Z plan for a real estate agent to build their business around profitability, not around some of these strange you know, bizarre things that have crept up in the last 15 years that lead to agents having no money. Um, marketing, teams, branding, you know, buying leads, complicated websites, squeeze pages, all this crap you guys are thinking is important, social networking. You're going to find when you read this book, it's really, you know, it's basically the best and easiest way to understand why it is that so many agents needlessly struggle and at the same time gives you a very clear path forward. And if your goal is truly to have a successful long-term real estate business that produces lots of profit, and with that profit, you can reinvest the, the, you know, the profit into assets that produce income for yourself, thus becoming rich. Hopefully, you guys are paying attention to the three thoughts I just streamed together. You know, Rich is where your money works for you. You no longer have to work for your money. If that is your goal, if that is why you got into real estate, then you definitely want to get Harris Rules. So it's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. And the third thing I wanted to share with all of you until we get to – and we're going to get to our topic today about National Association of Realtors banning pocket listings – the third um, thing is, is we are going to announce, I think next week or maybe the week after that, a um, kind of a little contest promotion. I really don't know what to call it, but we have 100 Harris Rules hats, and these are really I, – I feel cheese, like a cheese ball every time I talk about this, but they're really badass hats. These hats literally cost us $10 each. That's how much our cost on these hats was, or you know, was or would be were. Hmm. Anyway, so the hats nice. have an embroidered patch that says Harris Rules on. They come in black and camo. So starting next week or the week after that, we're going to be doing a simple 
exchange with you guys. You send us a video testimonial, um, we're going to send you a hat. That's simple. I think we have 100 of these hats to give out, so just uh, stay tuned for that. All right. So, Julie, welcome to today's yes. podcast. Thank you. Always a pleasure. I have a quick shout-out, if you don't mind taking Little 30 seconds off the top here. This is from an email that came in yesterday from one of our, our excellent premier coaching clients who lives in New Jersey. I'm going to leave his name out for now. Uh, but he wrote, good morning, Tim. Julie asked me to email you from today's call. I am 54. I've always taken a back seat and hardly confront anyone. I procrastinate. I use analytical excuses and uh, have told myself it's not a big deal. Well, last week, and he told me, actually, that this was as a result of one of the podcasts. He didn't say which one, but it was one of your podcasts. He says, last week I closed on four deals with my previous broker. On one of them, he gave my coworker, who is a good friend, 30% commission, even though he did nothing. I listened to your, your five-series podcast. Okay, so that must have been the How to Get Rich and Stay Rich. Um, yeah. Listened to the last two on Sunday. With my heart still throbbing, I confronted and argued with my broker about an extra $1,000 commission. I would not have done this without your mindset and motivations. I'm sure going forward with Julie Rochelle and your help, I will step into more and more uncomfortable situations and grow myself. So he goes on with some other things, but thank you for that email. We appreciate that. We appreciate you stepping up, and it's so nice to hear when you guys take something directly from the podcast and then don't just say, hey, that was kind of a fun podcast, but he went and implemented this and grew as a result. So this is a great uh, representation of many emails we get from you guys saying, hey, it's not just that I listened to it. I actually did something with it. So thank you for that. Back to you, Tim. A lot of you guys, and he brings up brokerage situations, a lot of you are going to be looking for or at least confirming that you've made the right brokerage uh, decision. That's what time this time of year always brings into early next year. People are always wondering about that. I'd like to talk with you if you're ready. I'd like to talk with you about eXp Realty, and I'm going to make it super simple for you. Just text me directly at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. Um, we are virtually – I, I was going to say we're 99.9% .9 for 99.9% .9 of you sure that EXP is the right fit. And actually, I, I'm going to preface that. I've now, I used to think that it wasn't going to be a good fit for some super high-end agents, but I've now realized that that wasn't true either because we sponsored some super high-end agents that were selling some of the most expensive real estate and some of the most expensive real estate markets in the country, and they went to EXP, and it absolutely positively did not mean a hill of beans difference to any of their sellers in particular because, um, you know, really at the end of the day, people choose who they're going to list their house with. They don't choose a company to list their house with. And these listing agents had such dominance in these marketplaces that the sellers didn't even really know what brokerage they're worth in the first place. I know for some of you this is an uncomfortable conversation. You don't like your real estate coaches having any preference towards one broker or another. And for years, Julie and I were certainly broker agnostic. The reason we backed off that was simply for the fact that we have seen over the last 10 or 15 years a complete and total ransacking of agents' profitability. And a lot of it comes from some of the gimmick, easy button ideas that you guys chase as far as lead generation, all this rest of it. But it also, a good bit of it's also come from the brokers who are, you know, you guys get into the business and you don't realize that there's, well, I'll give you an example. So the agent I was just referring to, uh, in commission splits, this agent last year paid $375,000 to their broker. At EXP, the high-end agent I was just telling you about, at e that's what they paid their broker off commissions last year. So just put that in perspective for a second. At EXP, we did the math. They're going to pay less than ten grand total for the entire year. So this agent in particular would have put another, what, $365,000 in their pocket uh, this year 
had they, or last year rather, had they actually been with EXP. So these are the types of conversations you need to be having if you are truly thinking in terms of, frankly, your long-term financial future. So if you'd like to talk with EXP Realty, I want you to contact me directly. It's 512-758-0206. Just text me. Please don't call. Just text 512-758-0206. All right, Julie Harris has put together a really great outline on this topic about pocket listings. And this is one of those topics that's fascinating because a lot of you guys don't completely understand the ramifications of it. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through what, how we have interpreted it, and Julie and I spent a lot of time researching this. And then what we're also going to do is we're going to tell you where we see how this will actually affect the real estate markets and whether it will affect the real estate markets. So, Ms. Harris, this is your outline, so proceed. Yes. Okay, so, and feel free to jump in and ask for clarification or slow me down, what have you. So, this is about National Association of Realtors' November 12th ruling, so just a handful of days ago. And it's, you can think of this as no more pocket listings for you. But the nickname of this new policy is actually called, quote, clear cooperation. When you hear people at NAR referring to it, or you read an article that's out there, this is called clear cooperation. So as I was getting into this with our premier students a couple days ago, right when it happened, um, I was reminded to explain what even is a pocket listing. So let's start with some basic stuff here. It is simply a listing that is technically for sale, but not in the MLS or the multiple listing service. Pocket listings include things like private listing networks, email blasts, coming soon announcements, yard signs, flyers, other tactics that market homes outside of realtor-run multiple listing services or MLSs for all or part of their listing period. Now, at some point, I think sometime maybe just a few months ago, even NAR had stated that they believe approximately 30% of close, recent closings were, quote, pocket listings, or in other words, never in the MLS. That's what you can think of it as. So what is their ruling about? Again, this is called the clear cooperation ruling. Here's how it goes. <clears throat> Quote, within one business day of marketing a property to the public, the listing broker must submit the listing to the MLS for cooperation with other MLS participants. Okay, so uh, within one business day of marketing it to the public, you've got to get it in the MLS. Now, Public marketing is your next question. Well, you know, one day of marketing it to the public, what's that mean? Public marketing includes, this is according to NAR, but is not limited to. There's the out that it could be interpreted that you are, quote, marketing to the public. So this is actually fairly broad if you include the but not limited to part. But public marketing includes flyers displayed in windows, yard signs, digital marketing on public-facing websites, brokerage web dis website displays, excuse me, uh, digital communication marketing like email blasts. Now that makes me think of your database. Multi-brokerage listing sharing networks, applications available to the general public. So that's pretty much everything. Okay. Now, when does it go into effect? So those of you who are already wigging out with this knowledge, and you've been doing a lot of coming soon strategies, when does it go into effect? Not till January 1st. When will it be enforced? May 1st, 2020, and they state this is so that the 800-plus MLS systems can be, quote, updated, can update their technology and educate users. Okay, so this is, from a coaching perspective, a bit of a challenge because we're not members of 800 MLSs, 
and I get a lot of questions. Well, I live in Atlanta. What's the rules in Atlanta? Okay. So there's some quick uh, question and answer that, that I put together on this that should cover everyone, but all of the stuff that I researched always defaulted to ask your own MLS because there's going to be ins and outs, intricacies, special forms, places for you to check boxes. That's why they say for them to, quote, update their technology. Okay, so uh, shall I pause here, Tim, or are we good? Well, no, cause let's get through. You just go through the analytical meat and potatoes of the whole thing, and then you and I will talk about, we'll throw out some conjecture and some yep. obvious some stuff at the ways end to talk that, about. frankly, yep. it's not really going to work, <laughs> frankly. But go yeah. ahead and explain it to him from a, you know, sort of a news report perspective, and then you and I will get into the, we'll get into the yeah. analysis part. Okay. Yeah, so some quick uh, basic Q&A on the topic. Now, um, if I have to put it in the MLS, does this mean the listing also has to go into the IDX system? No. While listings that are displayed on the Internet must be submitted to the MLS and distributed to other MLS participants for cooperation, submitting a listing for cooperation within the MLS does not necessarily require the listing to be included in the IDX display. If the seller has opted out of all Internet display, uh, per MLS rules, participants can work with their listing clients to determine the appropriate marketing plan, talking, uh, taking into account the client's needs and full disclosure of the benefits to market exposure. Okay, So they're not forcing it to be on IDX just because it's an MLS. You still have some options with this. And again, pretty much all of your MLSs handle this a little bit differently. Sometimes you're checking the boxes that you do want. Some of your MLSs are checking boxes that you don't want. So make sure that you know exactly what it's asking you to do. Okay, so how are, quote, coming soon listings handled now? The concept of coming soon, or in some markets it's called delayed showing, can be achieved within the local MLS. Listings which are truly not yet ready to be shown can be shared with the MLS's brokers and agents to create exposure while the property is being prepared for showing. MLS's can also add clarity to the coming soon and delayed showing process by defining specific statuses and showing requirements if these listings are to be included in the MLS. The most common implementations do not allow for showings of the listing until its status is changed to active, and any showings of the listing would immediately trigger that status change. Again, find out what your MLS has in place now and what changes it's making prior to the May 2020 enforcement date. Okay, so I can pause right here for a second. Tim. One of the common reactions I've had from agents is, well, here's how we do things now. Okay, that's not the point. This was something that was just voted on a few days ago. They have said we're not going to enforce until May, until your MLS has figured out how they want to handle it. So the point is stay up to speed with what is changing. I imagine some of the MLSs are going to actually add some of these like uh, coming soon possibilities. You just have to know what the rules are. Okay, sorry for sniffling here. Uh, what about properties that simply aren't ready to be shown yet? Maybe they're getting repairs done or getting staged. These are factors that can be determined locally. Brokers should discuss with their MLSs the desire to submit properties which are not yet ready for showings. Um, consider whether a new listing must immediately become active or a temporary coming soon or no showing status in the MLS is allowed or even exists in your MLS. And when, here's the other part, quote, days on the market actually begins. That's the other thing that's affected by this. In some of the MLSs, the days on the market begins when you enter it, whether it was an active listing or not. If it was a coming soon, days on the market are clicking away. Others of them, it doesn't start until it's actually active. Again, check with your MLS for specific forms, status options, 
and any changes that are being made due to this recent ruling. And I don't think this is just going to change like today. This is probably going to be a topic of discussion and voting on and wrangling for the next probably 30 days at least. Uh, here's another question. Are office advertised listings banned? No. Office exclusive listings are an important option for sellers concerned about privacy and wide exposure of their property being for sale. In an office exclusive listing, direct promotion of the listing between the brokers and licensees affiliated with the listing brokerage and one-to-one -one promotion between these licensees and their clients is not considered public advertising. Okay? Um, I've had several examples. Uh, Compass is one. They have a pretty um, robust inter-office pre-listing system that it has, uh, is still in place. But again, some of these things may, may change. Common examples might include divorce situations, celebrity clients, where they don't want it you know, advertised everywhere, but they will let, it, let you advertise it as an office exclusive. It allows the listing broker to market a property among brokers and licensees affiliated with a listing brokerage. If office exclusive listings are displayed or advertised to the general public, however, those listings must also be submitted to MLS for cooperation. So that's a lot of... Uh, new stuff to digest. And then I wrote down some topics for discussion when you're ready. I'm going to take a I'm just listening to all that, and I'm just listening to how the ways that, I mean, if you think about the, look, it's a bit <laughs> absurd that they think they're going to actually control market forces. And you've got to be thinking in terms of what's the politics behind this decision. I don't know, Julie, and I've never been involved in the National Association of Realtors. But there has to have been some really interesting people that they're trying to placate with this, you know, the passage of this new guideline. And at the end of the day, I'm going to give you guys a couple of interesting facts here. Um, and none of these are going to be pe things that you guys will probably want to hear, but here's some, you know, interesting little tidbits for you. Across the uh, globe, do you realize that the United States and Canada are the only countries that have a co-op commission. In other words, there's no buyer agent commissions in any place else other than the United States and Canada. I don't think that's changed, but that's how it's been. To me, that's fascinating. So MLSs may exist in some form around the country, around the globe, but they don't mandate some sort of buyer's agents commissions. And Julie and I did a podcast, I think two or three years ago, where we are suggesting that the end of buyer's agents, uh, agent commissions being an entitlement <laughs> to the transaction where we basically said we didn't think that was going to be something that was really going to be um, – you can't just assume that's going to be there. And guess what's happening? You're starting to see, you know, from the tech company side, but also from just other companies, they're starting to say, look, if you want a buyer's agent commission, your buyer's got to pay it. It's got to be a part of the transaction. It's not something you can just expect as an entitlement on the listing side. This is definitely where the industry is going, and what they're attempting to do, I think part of what they're attempting to do, are placate all the agents out there that have never learned how to be listing agents. Frankly, this feels to me like it's a, a political move to essentially make it so that the – or at least partially make it so that buyer's agents stay relevant. That's what it feels like to me. Well, look what it's called. It's Clear cooperation. I mean, that sounds a little political. You know? and, I, and look, I get it. National it. Association of Realtors and the state's associations, they can make their own rules. And if you want to belong to them, you have to follow their rules, right? So if you're going to belong to the MLS, in most states you have to also belong to the National Association of Realtors, and you have to basically follow their guidelines, their codes of ethics, and all the rest of it. So, yeah, you're playing in their sandbox. You play by their rules, period, in a conversation. But from a competitive perspective globally, what you've seen is a lot of the countries don't have um, an entitlement of a buyer's agent commission. I just want you to ponder that for a second. So Julie and I are in, um, we're living in Puerto Rico, and there is no MLS. There is, there's a board of realtors, I guess, but there's no, there's no MLS. 
and there and essentially there's no real there's buyers agents but there's no like entitlement to a buyers agents commission so the whole and there's no agency you purchase a property uh, there's no agency for them they don't do any of that stuff here and real estate still transacts real estate still happens uh, you go over to England, you go to Germany, you go to all these different parts in the world, Australia. There are, there's no entitlement to a buyer's agent commission. And this goes back, and the reason that Julie and I said it, we said it a few years ago, and you're seeing other people say it now, is if you want to know where the commission compression is going to happen going forward, it's not going to be on the listing side. It's going to be on the buyer's agent side. Because all it's going to take is some well-organized agents and companies and brokerages to start basically impressing upon the, you know, <laughs> the marketplace the look this buyers and look there's a lawsuit going on about it right now there's a big lawsuit that's uh anti-competitive whatnot that's happening over these very top you know conversations about why is it that the buyer's agent commission is an entitlement there's going to be changes that are going to happen and so from an agent entrepreneur or business owner perspective i'm speaking about you guys you sure as hell better be doing whatever it takes to learn how to be a listing agent and not just relying on buying buyer leads. If you're not convinced yet that the buying buyer lead thing is over, and again, we've been telling you this for the better part of two years that the buyer's agent or the buying buyer leads thing and the paradigm that most of you guys have been in since you got your licenses, if you've only had your licenses for 10 years or maybe slightly more, that paradigm is coming to an end. Buying leads, all the rest of that stuff, that was just a little a blip in the history of real estate. And look no further than the fact that you know, Zillow, the king of all buying lead companies, has essentially changed all their rules, and many of you know about it. We're going to do a podcast on this. We've got some access to some insiders who gave us some information. But in essence, the days of simply being able to be a premier agent and buy uh, leads from Zillow are over. You're going to have to essentially qualify through a whole bunch of you know, things that frankly make sense from the consumer's perspective, and then they'll send you a lead. But the lead is not free. The lead is going to be 35% referral fee. And if you don't perform certain things at their standard, Zillow standard, lead follow-up and things like that, you're going to get a lower score and you're not going to, uh, you're not going to end up basically with any more referral fee-based leads. So where does this all go? It all goes back to the fact you've got to learn how to be a listing agent. That's what we have always focused you on. That's what the Harris Rules book is about. That's what our coaching program is about. If you want to look, guys, the easy button for you, action you need to take, is download our free real estate treasure map book and that is your fill in the blank business plan it takes you through the basics of setting up a listings based business and the easiest way for you to do is just text the word Harris H-A-R-R-I-S to 31996 text the word Harris to 31996 and another thought to what Julie said it was her second point and here's an, this is very fascinating to me do you guys think that a more exposure on a house for sale increases the price simple question right because isn't that what all most of this type of logic is predicated on that the more exposure the more websites the more you know people are seeing it the higher it'll sell for well guess what there's never been a single research study that's proven that to be true I'm going to say that again more exposure does not increase the price it doesn't do anything for the price if you price the house correctly and assuming condition and location in alignment with the market's expectations and you put it in the MOS or if you're in another part of the world, you simply put it on your own brokerage's website, the market will find it. The buyers will find it. You might have to do some outreach to get them to pay attention to it if you don't have an MOS. But at the end of the day, properties will always sell. And that's just the thing that a lot of you guys are going to have to learn. And hopefully you don't learn it the hard way when some of our predictions come true a little bit quicker than maybe we thought they would. So as we're going through all this stuff, 
and I know a lot of our top agents in LA in particular, you know, there were some a couple private listing uh you know, what was it, PLS actually, our friends from uh mm-hmm. Bravo T V, uh yep. David Harris and his partner, they started PLS. I thought that was a great idea. Well, technically now Absolutely. that's illegal. Yeah. I now, know. Why did they start it? Crazy. And I had him on I had him on the podcast and you know what he said, the reason he started it? And I want you to think about this too. He started PLS and if you're in LA, you know what I'm talking about. For those of you who aren't, basically it's just you have to be – it's for agents to uh, expose their listings to other agents. They're not on the MLS. They're essentially organized pocket listings, and what they're trying to do is cut out Zillow. That's what they were trying to do. He said that on my podcast. They're trying to cut out the syndicators. They're trying to cut out all the buyer's agents out there that are trying to buy leads off their listings. That's what they're trying to do, and they were very successful at it. Again, goes back to the whole thing I just was talking with you guys about. Now, do you think here's the big here's the big thought for you? Do you think it's possible that maybe some of these big brokers that have a lot of control in their marketplaces could they just decide if they don't like the rules that are being set up by the MLS and whatnot? Could they just be real estate agents and not members of their boards and not members of the National Association of Realtors? Yep, they could. Mm-hmm. And I know people, Julie and I know brokers in the country that have done just that. They don't. They have massive control over their markets. They do not put their things in the MLS. Consumers find out about their products because basically have dominant control in a particular market. Their houses for sale being products. They go to their websites. They learn about them. They're not in MLS. They're not, um, you know, being syndicated on Zillow or any of these other websites. They're not, you know, beholden to any IDEX agreements. If you want to buy one of their listings that they have for sale, you go to them directly. You buy it directly from them. How about that? Okay. Now some of you are saying, oh my gosh, what about agency? What about this? What about all that? Okay, fine. But the reality of it is, in the world, that's how the market works. In the United States, we have this sort of you know, forced co-op, which is great. It allows more people to make money in real estate. I get it. But just put all this stuff in context of what ultimately is best for the seller, because the seller is the one that's funding this whole, <laughs> this whole business, right? And if the sellers have decided, have wised up and realized that maybe a lot of these things I've been forced to buy – if some of these lawsuits that are taking place are now going to make it so that they're not being forced to have to pay a co-op commission, yeah, I know what you're going to say. No one's, You can decide. The seller decides. The seller puts it on the MLS. But you know as well as I do that in a lot of cases that seller, seller is arm-twisted, and some of you guys literally can't take listings unless the commission is 25 or 3% on the buyer side, right? I know it's true. What happens if all of that becomes illegal? And what if sellers wise up to it now realize that they don't have to pay commissions anymore and that the buyer's agent commission can be – you know you can finance buyer's agent commissions? Did you guys know that? Did you know you can roll that into a loan? Interesting, isn't it? What happens when buyer's agents now have to then decide how to tell the buyer that, yes, you can buy that $300,000 house and be more than happy to help you, but you're going to have to pay me $9,000? What happens then? How many buyer's agents are going to be able to survive – you know when they have to basically sell their commission and what their value is to listing or to the to their buyers who maybe are scraping together a down payment. You guys get how the turn in the road is here. This is what's taking place now. What we've been talking about on this podcast in our coaching program for years. That is the reason that we've always done our best to steer you guys towards becoming powerful listing agents. So Julie, I don't, I didn't mean to step on yeah. your points, but no, I think it's okay. The listing them. agent always wins. I mean, it's very clear. Right, and and this is just another manifestation, I think, of how overly dependent agents are on the MLS. 
I talk about it all the time with Premier Coaching when agents come and they're like, oh, I've got this you know, really motivated buyer, can't find anything for him. Well, guess what? You have to look at lots of different ways, even with this new ruling. Think about new construction. They already have the buyer's agent commission priced into the new construction structure. They don't have to put it in the MLS, okay? But do you even know if it exists, or do you sit there with buyers that aren't in contract because you haven't found them anything? So I think ultimately it points to what you said, becoming and staying a powerful listing agent. And, you know, yeah, listing agents control the inventory on some level, and now it's trying to be controlled. But even in my research and even in, you know, when I was doing the Q&A, that was – a lot of that was right off of NAR's site. So in, on one breath, it was talking about, you know, that uh, multi-brokerage listing sharing networks is construed as public, okay? And, and then they go on to say, but it's okay to have an office exclusive. So I think we're going to see a lot of continuous workarounds on this amongst the MLSs and amongst listing agents. So if you are not a powerful listing agent, powerful listing agent means that if I gave you the challenge, you could take a listing by the end of the day tomorrow, you would not only know how to do it, but know how to compete for it and know how to win, handle objections, use your pre-listing package, know how to present. You know, if that's not you yet, well, we can help you with that. But doing nothing about it should not be an option because these types of things that we're bringing to you, this, this type of ruling, probably isn't going away anytime soon. You just have to know what to do about it. So back to you, Tim. I've got to get to Premier. Yeah, where all this goes, guys, is ultimately it's going to become more and more in the control of the listing agents. Agents, individual agents are waking up to the fact that they have control, they have power. When Julie and I sold real estate, it did not take us long to figure out working with buyers is basically physical labor and working with sellers is mental labor. In other words, you had to learn a skill to work with sellers, not just to, you know, get them to want to list with you, but also know how to sell the property when it was when you had it. What if this house is overpriced? What if, you know, you have all these different scenarios that happen on the listing side, whereas on the buyer agent side, I'm not saying it's not work. It's definitely physical labor, but it's not that difficult because they either like the house or they don't. Maybe you have to negotiate a little bit. Maybe you have some inspection issues. But for the most part, it is social, a, mostly a social experience versus a seller, working with sellers, which is a business experience. So what I'd strongly suggest all of you do immediately is take our, you know, frankly, our challenge of becoming a powerful listing agent immediately. And the first easiest step for you to do that is just text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996 and consider becoming one of our premier coaching clients. Because, guys, this is the perfect time of year to get your skills on so you can roll into next year. Hey, look, I have coaching clients, personal coaching clients that I've worked with, some of them for years, some of them for you know months, who are taking maybe two, three, five listings a week, and they're doing it following our system exactly. This is what you can do too, so why would you delay? You really want to basically wait to your buyer agent commissions all of a sudden are becoming something you have to haggle for, and then you're going to say, damn, I wish I would have listened to Tim and Julie in the, you know, three, or, you know, three, four, five, six months next year when you're seeing all this stuff that we're predicting come play out, and you're seeing the buyer's agent commissions now are no longer an entitlement to transaction. You're seeing these big brokerages, which are probably going to figure out more elegant, creative, crafty ways to keep pocket listings alive, but just for the sake of their brokerages and you're going to wonder what the heck happened to my opportunity to work with buyers. Well, guys, it's gone. It's not like it's ever been. It'll, the listing side of the business is where the money has always been, and if you want to last in real estate, you have to learn how to list. The easiest way for you to get started or take your listing game to the next level is just text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Text the word Harris to 31996. All right, guys. 
this information is something that all of you needed to have. Please do share it with other agents. Let us know if there's anything we can do for you. Uh, my email address is Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Have a fantastic day, and we'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.